Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. There's a look at the beautiful beaches of Barcelona as we get set for an all-Spanish men's final at the bottom of the hour. Welcome to a tweener edition of TC Live as the road to Roland Garros continues. A championship Sunday in four different cities on red clay, both indoors and outdoors. We'll take you through all the highlights of a great day of tennis so far with still more tennis to come in Europe. Hey everybody, welcome inside our Santa Monica, California studios. I'm Rob Similcare with Nick Monroe and Chanda Rubin. And we've had ourselves a treat, a lot of great tennis this week. Not even a Masters or a Grand Slam, a 500 and 250s. The tennis has been great. And Nick, you just called the match, Novak Djokovic. The time on court catching up with him. He had to come from behind in every match to get to that final in Belgrade. You could see it really catch him in the final, especially that third set. No, absolutely. I mean, as you said, I mean, his first three rounds, he had to go through three sets just to get through. Laszlo Jerry, Kecmanovic, he was just trying to find a way. And then against Andre Rublev, you felt like, okay, maybe he's finding his form. He's coming into shape. But towards the end of that third set, actually leading into the third set, he took an eight-minute bathroom break. And it was a long bathroom break. And you felt like, okay, maybe he got his win back. He did not. He came out and was pretty flat in that third set. It's always, I think, tough when you're coming back and you don't have a lot of matches on the year. And Djokovic, this is just his third event. Uh, and I think he did, he had a terrific, terrific week, did a phenomenal job, especially early in the tournament, was almost out of it um, against uh, Jarrah, as you mentioned, Nick, and, you know, just fought back. And at a certain point, it can catch up with you where you just don't have the time to recover. But hopefully for Djokovic, he's gotten a lot of confidence from this and physically getting those matches under his belt, he'll just get better and better going into Roland Garros. We'll get to highlights of a big win for Andre Rulev in just a minute, but the number one women's player in the world, Iga Swiatek, in a final herself in Stuttgart, playing indoors against Arena Sabalenka. And Sabalenka, she can hit the ball hard, but Swiatek had an answer for everything. Yeah, this was a real test for Swiatek on the heels of her tough three-set semifinal match. But Swiatek was ready from the start. She battled to hold serve in her very first service game and then just kind of cruised through the rest of the first set. Benefited from, from a lot of errors from Sabalenka, but also some fantastic points. Uh, from Sviantec, well-constructed. She was moving the ball beautifully around the court, and her movement, her balance uh, when she's in tough spots really showed throughout this match. This was a moment where she got the break in the second set and just opened the match up completely. She understands so well how to stretch a lead, Sviantec, and when you look at how well she's been returning, stepping in, dictating inside the court, yeah, it's just been too much for just about every opponent to overcome, and it was no different for Sabalenka today. A huge win, and she knew it. She held up the number four there. She is very aware of the history she's been making. She is tested at times in this tournament, but not today. It was really more Samsonova yesterday who really put her to the test. So Iga Triantec, her fourth straight title, and you can see she's excited. She gets not only a trophy, but a Porsche. 
for the deal. Pretty good championship to win. There you see this incredible streak by Igor Sviantek. 23 straight wins. Has only lost five sets in her last 23 matches. You just don't see a player, Nick Monroe, any hotter than this. Absolutely. I mean, she has 30 match wins. She only had 36 last year, so she is absolutely on fire. And again, you look at the you look at the uh, she lost one set, and that was on a 20 set match win streak before that. No, it's been incredible. And you know, when you just consider where Sviantek was at the end of last year and how she has just become really a different player playing so confidently as the number one player in the world. And you look at these tight moments in matches. She hasn't had many, but the few that she has had, she just doesn't seem to be phased by it, doesn't seem to give in to the nerves. I think the most nervous she looked today was when she was driving that Porsche down <laughs> the ramp, those little skinny rails. She looked a little little shaken there, but otherwise it was just stone cold. I was nervous for her. It was it was a narrow ramp. Meanwhile, Chana, for Sabalenka, she has to feel good about the way she played getting to that final got her serve in order as well and I think that's something she can take going forward in this clay court season I think so and you know she's a very good clay court player Sabalenka when she comes into this time of year she has a little more time she can you know develop her points she's got the big weapons and when she starts getting that serve going it is a lot for any opponent and we saw it time and time again this week it was just a bit of a different speed against Fiontech and Sabalenka just couldn't quite match it with the consistency but I think she can take a lot of positives from her results this week and she is going to be a dangerous player if she keeps playing this way on the red clay. All right, back to Belgrade we go now and this is an incredible final by the way for a 250 level event. Two top 10 players, Djokovic Rublev second career meet. Yeah, for these guys, Djokovic had beat Rublev in the Nito finals last year, three and two. So you felt like he kind of owned Rublev, and you want to see how Rublev would come out, but you also want to see how Djokovic would come out. In the beginning of his matches, the first three rounds, he was very passive with Djokovic. So you want to see him come out firing, but again, he came out pretty passive. You see how far he is behind the baseline there against Rublev, and he was letting Rublev dictate play. Rublev served 82% first serve percentage, so he's able to come up with that first set. And then in the second set, Djokovic got a little bit more aggressive, but again, it was stayed on serve, and Djokovic was able to use the whole court, use the crowd, use the momentum. I felt like he was going to rip off his shirt right there. He was so pumped up. And in the tiebreaker, Djokovic looked like he was pretty tired going in this tiebreaker. So, you know, when you're feeling a little tired, you end up going for your shots just a little bit more, which is exactly what he did to be able to come out with this breaker. He was able to read Rublev's approach uh, shots and be able to come away with that second set. And then leading into the third, he took a bathroom break, changed his clothes, took eight minutes, which you're only allowed five minutes. So he got away with that one. And, but then when he came out, he just didn't have a lot of energy. Andre Rublev was able to read the drop shots. Novak Djokovic loves that backhand drop shot down the line. Rublev was able to read it. And then, again, Rublev was just absolutely fearless, firing forehands all over the court and just dominated Novak Djokovic in that third set and has his fourth title of the year, which ties Rafa for the most of the year. Absolutely. And for Andre Rublev, not only does he win this title, he becomes one of the match-win leaders for the year. There you see it, 23-5 and five on the year. Only Stefano Tsitsipas has won more matches this season, and he's got to feel good about his game right now as the clay court season progresses. And Chanda, not only did he, did he win, but he contained his emotions 
very well in this match. He's known to get a little hot-headed sometimes. There were a couple of moments where you could see the frustration setting in, yeah. but he settled himself down. Yeah, and I think that was a smart play for Rublev, especially in front of this crowd who was very, you know, Djokovic-centric. They wanted to see their guy win. And I think Rublev just, you know, was able to stay inside himself, within himself during that match, and especially after losing that second set. It's easy to kind of go off the boil, lose a bit of confidence, but he didn't. He reset, and that first game, I think he saved some break points there, and it was huge. And I think over the course of that match, we just saw a calmer, um, a calmer, just more confident Andre Rublev, and I think that's a great sign. He's a good clay court player, and we kind of sleep on him sometimes, but this time of year, he really comes on. He also showed smart tactics in that third set, started to feed balls to Djokovic, could see that he was winded and stopped taking risks, and it paid off for him. Yeah, again, for Andre Rublev, I mean, he absolutely loves to torque the ball. He likes to go for the corners, but he could see Novak Djokovic was really struggling physically, so he started to bring in his targets, keep it more centralized, make Novak have to play more balls, and it paid off for him there in the end for, for Andre Rublev. All right, well, we've got ourselves a good look and final coming up in Barcelona. Here's how the day started. These semifinals had not been played when they woke up in Barcelona this morning because of rain yesterday. Carlos Alcaraz had to go to the court, as did Diego Schwartz and Pablo Carreño Busta. And we start with that lower semifinal. Pablo Carreño Busta, the Spaniard, taking on Diego Schwartzman, who has been so tough on the clay so far this season. Yeah, I mean, these two guys on, on clay with the movement are you know, just supreme players. I mean, we know um, Pablo Carreño Bustamore as a hardcore player, even though you would think he would be great on the clay. But he's really finding his form. He's getting the confidence, gets the, the bounce there. Nothing you can do about it, but he'll take it. Got that first set tucked away. And that's important, especially when you know you have to come back and play a match later in the day to stay in the moment, but keep it as simple as possible. And Carreño Busta able to do that. He's been aggressive when he's needed to inside the court. They're stepping in on the returns and that was a big part of his game in this match. He won nine of the 15 second serve points that he saw and that came through in some big moments and it just allowed PCB to keep the pressure on Schwartzman. He's a good mover but couldn't catch up to balls like that one. Such variety from Carreño Busta. Another huge win for him into a big final. And so the Spaniard wins in front of a friendly home crowd. And Alex Dinanor, a guy who people have been sleeping on this clay court season, he's been playing great. And not a lot of people like him coming into this match against Alcaraz, but he played really well. Absolutely. And you see that point right there. Alex Dinanor is up 7-6, 6-5. That was actually match point, and, and Alcaraz was able to hit a crazy winner to then get deeper into this second set tie break. And you see him right there, 6-4 in the breaker. And you just love the intensity. You feel that Rafa intensity. He, again, is ready to rip his shirt off for the crowd there in Spain. And then going into this third set, you wanted to see what kind of demon R would bring. Because, you know, being up a set and having that 40-15 in the second set, two match points, wanted to see what kind of energy he would bring. And he obviously he brought it, but Alcaraz was just too much. Two big forehands, finding a way to use the crowd and just look at that energy that he's bringing. Looking at his coach, Juan Carlos Ferrero, into the finals against PCB. Both players train at the Juan Carlos Ferrero Tennis Academy in Alicante, Spain, to PCB and Alcaraz. So to be two best friends going at it again later later today. Boy, has Carlos Alcaraz been a crowd pleaser in Barcelona or what? <laughs> it has been unbelievable drama. The the match against Tsitsipas, of course, in the quarterfinals, one that people aren't going to forget anytime soon. And so now 
18 years old, he's certainly got the stamina to come back after more than three hours on court to play a final. Yeah, you, you would think so. I mean, he's young, he's fit. Uh, he did have to see the trainer there for his foot. So you just wonder physically if that will have any type of an impact, especially after sitting around uh, and trying to get ready for the final. Uh, but certainly with the weight Alcaraz played, you expect him to come out and be pumped like he was in that semi. And the crowds have been electric because they pretty much know they are going to see a highlight reel every time Alcaraz walks out into the court. And it's been pretty amazing. Certainly that point you talked about, Nick, I have a feeling that's going to be one of the best of the best. I just have a feeling. Just a gut feeling. Just a gut feeling. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Really, you could fill up a best of the best just with Alcaraz this week. He's been that good. So there's our final coming up at the bottom of the hour. All Spanish encounter between Carlos Alcaraz and Pablo Carreño Busta. The Spanish fans will be in full voice. You can be sure of that. We will take a break. When we come back, top five shots of the week still to come. Plus, we'll get a look back at some clutch moments on the clay when we come back on TC Live. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Iga Swiatek, the 2020 Roland Garros champion. And there you see the winners on the women's side since 2014 in Roland Garros. And the key here, no repeats. Every single year we've had a new champion for the last eight. Chanda, I won't put you on the spot for a winner just yet, although I'm pretty sure I know what you would predict given what we're seeing right now on the clay. But who do you think right now are the top five women playing on the clay? Um, you know, so, of course, at the top of my list is Iga Swiatek, who has been playing lights-out tennis in general, but specifically on the clay. That's her main surface. I also have Paula Badosa, who is such a fantastic mover and a clean ball striker. Barbora Krejcikova, Ro- Roland Garros champion last year. We haven't seen much of her because of injury, but I, feel, I still think she is a phenomenal clay court player, always dangerous. Sabalenka, I kind of struggled with this one. She's been so good on the clay outside of Roland Garros. We haven't seen her make the big breakthrough yet, but she's got the weapons to be dangerous. And Ons Jabur is really finding her clay court legs, had a nice run in Charleston, is starting to play more confident, aggressive tennis on the clay when she uh, needs to, and I think that's going to make her a dangerous player. Any uh, any dark horses here for you outside that top five, Chanda? I mean, you know, I, I love Danielle Collins on uh, the, the clay surface. She, she's such an aggressive player, you know, plus her mindset, her ability to compete, and she's had some nice results at Roland Garros. Ostapenko can be a little dangerous, and I'm curious to see where Coco Golf is this year. She's been a really nice clay court player, hasn't quite had um, the uh, success yet this year, uh, but I think she's due for a good run. All right, Nick, meanwhile, for the men, I think a a little less obvious, obviously, because you don't have a player as dominant as Fiontech. 
is. But what do you think on the women's side? On the women's side, I mean, I think uh, as far as a dark horse is concerned for me, Ana Samova. I mean, I feel like she's the dark horse. But if you look at my top five here, Shriantek being number one, I mean, obviously she's on fire. No one can really stop her at the moment. Again, three, Sabalenka, two and three could maybe swap back and forth. Sabalenka, I mean, she has got such a big game. So if she's feeling her game and feeling her serve in the forehand, I feel like it's tough to beat her. I mean, obviously, other than Sriantek. And Krejcikova winning uh, singles and doubles. The French Open last year, she's just so complete as a player. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how she comes back from her injury. And Sakari, I mean, she's got such a big forehand. She's just, you know, an aggressive player, an athlete out there. She works extremely hard. That's why I have her as uh, my number five. What about you? Who do you like as a dark horse outside this and, group? Yeah, and as I said, the dark horse would be Anna Samova. I mean, I like the way she strikes the ball on any surface. Um, she's able to take the ball early. She's able to take time away from her opponents. And she's got that mindset where she just feels like she can beat anybody. So I feel like that's my biggest dark horse. All right, let's check in on the men now. And again, as I said, not as obvious a front runner right now, especially with what we're seeing with Djokovic still trying to get into form. Chanda, back to you on the men. What do you think? Well, I have Nadal, of course, at the top of the list. I mean, I'm, I keep waiting to not have him as the favorite, <laughs> and it just hasn't happened yet, and he's had a terrific start. He also uh, will be coming back from, from an injury from Indian Wells, but you expect him to get right back to business. Djokovic, who is finding his form, is always dangerous on this surface. Tsitsipas, you know, time and time again, he shows the ability to contend with different styles, different opponents on this surface. Of course, last year's Roland Garros runner-up and a winner already on on the red clay masters 1000 last week so he is a, a great player on this surface casper rude who is always dangerous hasn't quite had the breakthrough um yet but i think he's due and then carlos alcaraz i mean we're seeing you know the magic that he keeps uh, bringing and i think for him he's learning how to play better and better on the red clay because he's such an aggressive player so it'll be fun to see how you know these guys kind of shape up going into rg all right chanda i'm going to speak for carlos alcaraz for a second here and say wait a second number five hold it i just yeah. beat sitsipas on clay casper rude has had a great record but hasn't been able to get to these big finals yet i knew so. you'd say that rob i knew you would i knew you'd question me on this i'm looking we at you now rob you, I, I'm, <laughs> exactly. we know it's coming exactly yeah. i could see you it know. in your in your eyes i could i could just sense it and i I think, you, you know, for me, for me, it's also the body of work. And so, you know, I definitely put Alcaraz up there, but I think he's working his way. I mean, Casper Ruud, I could have probably put uh, him five and Alcaraz four right now. Um, but overall, I'll stick with my picks. All right, we'll let you <laughs> stick with that. Challenge you later on that one. Nick, what about you? I'll see what you've got. How do yeah. you rank them? No, for me, I mean, it, it looks a little bit a little bit much of the same as, uh, as Shanda's. I mean, or Chandra or Shanda. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so we've got, we've got Rafa uh, at number one. Obviously, again, he's, he's the GOAT on the dirt. Uh, Pass, obviously, you know, winning Monte Carlo. And just he's got the variety in his game to, uh, to affect players. We saw what... Carlos Alcaraz did hit to his one-hand backhand, though, earlier on in Barcelona. So that'll be tricky if he has to face Alcaraz. Novak Djokovic coming into his wings a little bit here. Obviously, he needs to maybe get in a bit better shape at the moment or physically. We're not sure what's going on with him physically right now. Carlos Alcaraz is just a human highlight reel. Um, you know, I love his kick serve out wide on the ad side. I feel like no one can defend that. Um, and Casper Ruud, I mean, he, you know, he's he won so many titles on the dirt last year. Everyone was saying he's a clay court dog. Obviously, he's showing he can do well on the hard court as he made the finals in Miami. So, um, you know, and as far as a dark horse for me on the men's side, 
I don't know if you'd say it's a dark horse, but Zverev, that, that's a player that obviously on clay is going to be good. But one other dark horse would be Yannick Sinner. Um, he's got a new coach in Simone Bag- Bagnozzi. Uh, they've been really working on his serve and volley plays, his drop shots. So he's looking to come forward a lot more. And so he's be- becoming a more complete player. So Yannick Sinner is my dark horse. All right. Well, you guys have the same five, slightly different <laughs> orders. I'll make an argument for one more guy who's not on either of your lists. My guy, Diego Schwartzman, who I don't think anybody is really excited to play against on clay. Obviously not a guy you expect to be one of these top ten players, but he's been knocking on the door. Yeah, he's always a, a tough out for anyone. And, you know, if we had maybe a top ten list, I, he would certainly <laughs> yeah, be on yeah. it. No question about yeah. it. This uh, isn't so David tough. Letterman. This is Ted. I, 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 I think for me the only reason. I got to accept what you give me. I think for me the only reason he's not on my top five is just the serve. I feel like the serve, sometimes guys can jump on that second serve. It bleeds to the middle of the court too often, and some of these guys have too big of forehands. All right. When we come back on TC Live, we'll have the best of the best in what has been a terrific week of tennis on clay from around Europe. And, of course, we got live tennis coming up at the bottom of the hour. The men's final in Barcelona, Alcaraz, Carreño Busta. Stay with us. To Istanbul we go now for a final. Anastasia Potapova looking for her first career title against Veronica Kudamatova. Now Potapova has been a revelation all week. Had to come through qualifying, has kept the run going, had the confidence in the first set, and that was a big advantage for her. Defending her serve, saving some break points, getting back on serve. And once she got that first set, she started being more aggressive. And we expected Kudamatova with more experience in these situations to be taking it to her opponent, but it was Potapova who stretched the court, was able to fire at will, playing inside the baseline there, using her forehand. She took advantage of a lot of uh, second serves from Kudamatova. She defended her serve well, and in the end, made this such a routine win. What a way to get your first trophy at the WTA level. Phenomenal stuff. A shockingly easy win there for Potapova, and you can see the thrill. First title for her. She's now inside the top 100. Going to shoot up more after this win at the 250 level. Some doubles now. And Coco Goff, she got knocked out early in the singles here, looking for a doubles trophy with her partner, Zhang Shui. Yeah, so this was their, their, one of their first times playing together, Goff and Zhang Shui. And they're playing against Demi Scherz and Desiree Krychek, who just started playing together Indian Wells this year. Krychek was actually supposed to play with Bethany Maddox-Sands throughout the entire year. Bethany's been hurt throughout this time. But Scherz and Krychek are finding their form. As I said, they just started Indian Wells. And then here they have a match point. And it's victory for Scherz and Krychek. That is their first title of the year coming quickly. They're definitely working together, and they'll be looking to do well on the dirt and then to Roland Garros. To the social net we go now as we get you set for a final in Barcelona, and we start with this man. He'll be in that final, Carlos Alcaraz. Get this. Almost exactly 10 years ago, uh, 17 years ago, Rafa, of course, his idol became a top 10 player, and here we are pretty much to that same 
month, Carlos Alcaraz, he will enter the top 10 for the first time in his career, regardless of the outcome in today's final this week. And so, Chanda, this is something we've all known coming. And at 18 years old, Carlos Alcaraz is a top 10 player. Yeah, it just felt like a matter of time, especially with how he started the year, what we saw in Indian Wells, taking that same uh, play into Miami, knew that he was shortly going to be into the top 10. And it's nice to kind of compare the similarities between these two. But as Alcaraz says, he is his own person. He is not looking to be Nadal part two. And I think that's very fair. I mean, it's very different players in some ways, but it's nice to be compared to one of the all-time greats in Rafa Nadal. Oh, that's for sure. I mean, it, I think it was only a matter of time. I mean, I, as I said, he travels with his coach, Juan Carlos Ferrero. I'm out there on the tour with him, so see him quite often. Juan Carlos does not take one week off with him. He is with him all the time, whereas most coaches do 10 to 15 weeks. Ferrero keeps a close eye on him. They have breakfast, lunch, dinner together, making sure he's doing the right things. And, you know, even Francis Tiafo on his Instagram post on his story, he goes, this is the guy when you see this stat right here. Unbelievable. Well, Next is Andy Murray, who, by the way, is a really good follow on Twitter, especially in the weeks that he's not playing. And so he put this out there, talked about how, uh, you know, something like UFC, boxing are obviously really tough sports. He thinks tennis is right up there in terms of the toughest sports to play. I'm going to imagine I'm going to get some agreement here from the two of you. Chanda, what do you think? How does tennis stack up in terms of toughness? I mean, I can't compare it to those other sports because I haven't played it. I mean, I haven't done UFC fighting. It looks pretty tough to me. But tennis, I think, with the skill set that's required in terms of the physical, the mental part, the fitness you need, the endurance, the speed. I mean, there's some some similarities in terms of the toughness, but it isn't a contact sport. So I don't know if I can fully compare it in that way. Yeah, I'm surprised Andy didn't get a little <laughs> bit of heat on Twitter for this. I mean, it's tough, but, you know, nobody's punching you in the face. He's also also made the comment. And he says that tennis is a non-contact boxing sport. So it's one of those things, again, Jen, as you said, you know, it's just mental, physical, you're mano-a-mano out there, one-on-one. Okay, if you doubles, maybe you have your partner. But, yeah, it's physically exhausting, as we've seen Novak really struggle out there and a lot of the other players struggling in the heat. No, I, I love Andy Murray and some of his <laughs> comments and how he's thinking about this stuff. But isn't the physical contact with boxing the worst part? Yeah, just getting hit in the head. I don't, I don't want to get hit in the head anytime soon. I'd rather get hit in the head by a tennis ball than a, than a boxing glove. I was going to say, we saw Sitsipas take a couple of shots at Alcaraz yesterday, but it was still with a little fuzzy yellow Alcaraz tennis ball. Alcaraz kind of matrix that. And by the way, speaking of hitting each other with tennis balls, here's an interesting compilation that we found online. This is, a, I guess, a sport, an activity, tennis pegging. This is just guys going out trying to peg each other with tennis balls. And I guess this is sort of turning tennis into a contact sport, Chanda, to the point we were just making. I mean, is there something we can take away from the fact that it's all guys? I mean, are there, are there any females doing this and why? Well, I was going to say, this is, this is something that we do quite often. It doubles, in doubles practice, we say, okay, loser of the team. Got to get, got to get pegged. So it's like, okay, do we do the service line? Do we do the baseline? What are we doing here? So you don't want to hurt the guy, but you're, you know, you're trying to make a point. I don't know. It looks like you're trying to hurt him. I, it looks you're like trying you're, to, trying you're trying to, to make him. a point. You're trying to make a point. Uh, yeah, I think there's and, something we can take from the fact oh that it's all gosh. guys. Guys are crazy. <laughs> that was actually Francis Tiafo getting hit there. That was hilarious. Right there, that one. That so, was in Australia. So have you gotten hit, Nick? I have gotten hit. Yeah. How was it? Uh, yeah, you know, you just got to take it and act like it didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually probably good training for doubles, right? I mean, you, you got to be ready sometimes to take a ball to yeah, the chest. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You can't be scared of the tennis ball. That's Always true. say that. That's true. I've taken one right between the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I live to tell about it. <laughs> All right. Well, we are getting set for 
Live tennis from Barcelona, the men's final, Carlos Alcaraz, Pablo Carreño Busta will be coming soon. We'll take a break, come back with more TC Live. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. In Belgrade. Yeah, Adrian Manorino. I mean, this guy is just so crafty for a French for a Frenchman. He's got all the shots in the book, and he's always looking to try to hit these kind of shots right here where he just gives a little cut. And that almost came back over the net for Adrian Manorino. Look at the extra spin that he put under this volley. That's nasty. Beautiful. Backspin, that was Barcelona, of course. Number four, Petra Kvitova. And this is another solid clay court player and showing us speed around the court and then a little flip. It looked a bit like almost no look from Kvitova. And she's such a talented lefty, but you don't expect these kinds of tough, touched field shots from her. She's usually the power broker in tennis. But this match, she played some inspired tennis. She would end up lose it, losing it, but... We saw some nice moments for her, and this was one of them. Outstanding shot there, cross court. Number three, the Joker. Yeah, from Novak Djokovic, this was a match that he was definitely under fire. Kachmanovic was definitely and looking like he was going to win it, but not after that backhand Djokovic. down the line. I mean, you saw how much it meant to him, the crowd, everyone in Serbia. That was so good from Novak Djokovic. Got him. Great match there. Of course, he came through. Number two, the human highlight reel, Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, he's got such power from the ground, but at the net, he's got great feeling there. He was protecting himself, but such quick reflexes up there at the net and a spectacular volley there, 15, fending it 15. off. So much fun to watch, and it's points like this. Nothing Munar could do but just staring off. Got to protect the dome, right? <laughs> And here's another one from Carlos Alcaraz. This guy, as we said, just a human highlight reel down match point earlier today in the semifinal. 7-6, 6-5, I mean, what kind of magician stuff is this from Alcaraz? Look at the crowd. And come on, Carlos Ferrero. I mean, can we just do a top five Carlos Alcaraz wheel? It's unreal, because I'd love it's to incredible. watch that. I love, it just I can't, does not stop. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. He just ripped Dimonor's heart out with that oh, shot. Yeah. I mean, literally, you could see it. He did not expect that coming, but crazy match, crazy match. Nice to see him win it. Expect more highlights coming up pretty soon as we get Alcaraz on court fairly soon. But we got a lot more tennis coming at you here over the next few weeks on the road to Roland Garros. Munich and Estoril, 250 events happening this week. And then next week, we go to the Masters in Madrid. The men and the women together there. The week after that, they go to Rome before Roland Garros qualifiers start May 16th and Roland Garros May 22nd. So the top seeds in Madrid right now look like this. Djokovic 
number one. Zverev will be playing there as the second seed. And this is the big news. Rafa Nadal will be returning to play after recovering from his injury sustained at Indian Wells. He'll be back in action in Madrid. And so this, I think, is the story. We'll look at the women in a second as well. But seeing Rafa Nadal back on the court, obviously exciting, getting ready for Roland Garros. The question is, what do you think his goal is going to be in a tournament like Madrid as he tries to get ready for Roland Garros? Yeah, I think Nadal knows better than anyone how he needs to build, where he needs to be, what he needs to feel in these matches as he gets ready for Roland Garros, as he gets closer week in and week out. The fact that he hasn't played um, in a few tournaments, he had the bit of injury. Certainly the biggest thing is to be 100% healthy, hopefully not feel anything uh, from that physical injury, and also to build point by point. First match, start with a lot of balls. I mean, that's the staple of Nadal's game, and I expect, depending on the draw, I expect him to be able to go out and get some good reps under pressure and build back what we've seen this year, the start of the year. He's played phenomenal tennis. Incredible what we've seen from Nadal coming into this year. Of course, all the talk was about Djokovic. Would he get number 21? Lo and behold, it's Nadal who gets number 21 in that incredible Australian Open final. Now a chance to go two up on Djokovic at Roland Garros. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, again, going into Madrid, it's going to be about just match play. He's going to try to see how many matches he can get under his belt. But in Madrid, also, there's altitude. So it'll be interesting to see how much physical fitness he's been able to put in and to see if he's physically able to withstand some of these long points in Madrid. It's not easy to take such long points if you haven't been playing matches. And also, in Madrid, it's kind of faster points, too, because of the altitude. So the ball's going to be moving through the court a lot quicker. So it'll be interesting to see if he's going to look to extend rallies or try to push the envelope. Interesting to see the decision by Novak Djokovic, we believe at least at this point, to play Madrid, right? He's got, he's got some time off, so we expect him to get a little rest before he goes to Madrid out of getting four matches. He said going into Belgrade, if he could get two matches in, he'd yeah. be happy. He got four, so and he's got some real fitness potentially to build on there. Yeah, and all four matches went the distance. I mean, he got a lot of tennis in. Uh, the body, that's what you look at. Once you start getting those matches, you maybe didn't expect it. You weren't sure how much you'd get a chance to play. But now that he's gotten those matches in, it, it becomes more of a game-time decision, whether he plays, whether he strategically takes the week off and builds again, uh, going closer to Roland Garros. Hopefully he will play. I mean, it's a big tournament. It's always tough when you have players pull out at the last moment, especially with the form Djokovic has been in this past week. It'll be fun to see how he comes back this next week physically. Speaking of coming back, Nick, Barbara Krejcikova will be coming back uh, for the women. We haven't seen her in a few weeks. She's the number two seed in Madrid. What do you think she needs to accomplish in Madrid to get herself ready for a run at Roland Garros? Well, again, it's just going to be match play, right? So, you know, as we said, she won at the French Open. She won singles and doubles there last year. So just being able to go get some matches, you know, stay positive. If, if she loses first round or second round, just kind of roll with that. Be able. Tennis players have to have a short-term memory. So you have to be able to move on. So hopefully she's able to get some matches under her belt and keep it going. All right. Well, we're going to take a look right now at what's going on live on the court in Barcelona. It's the doubles final happening as we speak. This is a live look. They're in a deciding tiebreak here, 8-5 in the deciding tiebreak. This is the format now in doubles. They play a super tiebreak to 10. Let's take a look. Mr. Kravitz, challenge the call of the right service line. The ball was called out. These are such pressure points here, Nick, when you consider this is for a title. Comes down. 
to the last couple of points. I feel like you have a little more space with the match tiebreak, but this is what it's all about here. A game of inches, literally. Yeah, and you've got the German team there, Krywitz and Mies. Mies is serving right now. Kuhlhoff and Skupski, they just started playing together at the beginning of this year. And they've been absolutely on fire. Oh, whoa. Big misfire there. We just did the, the best of the best. We almost did the non-best of the best. That was... Neil Skupski, he definitely likes to run around that forehand, and he loves to take it down the line. So he was trying to go down the line, just caught it a bit too early. Sets up a match point for the Germans. Mies had a knee injury that kept him out for most of last year, pretty much all of last year, so they weren't able to play. And then Mies came back finally healthy, and now they have a chance at another title. The German team required with me. They actually won Roland Garros in 2019 and 2020. So these guys know how to play on the dirt. When they won in 2019, they pretty much came out of nowhere. They started the beginning of that year ranked in the 80s in the doubles. And all of a sudden, come May, they were winning Roland Garros. And now they're showing their prowess on the red dirt. Championship. Yeah, that's a big victory for those guys. They've been working with Julian Knoll, former top 20 doubles player from Austria. And Neil Skupski and Wesley Kuhlhoff. They've been playing extremely well throughout the season. That's fine to make it. <laughs> they got to be excited making the finals. But again, for the Germans, another victory under their belt of 500, 500 points in the bank. What a way to go into Madrid and Rome and RG. Especially during you know, this early time in the clay court swing, when you can get a title like this, it just puts you so far ahead of the field in terms of your confidence, with the matches you've gotten under pressure, and to get it in a match tiebreak as well, that's pretty clutch stuff. All right, so a doubles championship in the bag, and that means we are just minutes from a men's final in Barcelona. An all-Spanish affair, Carlos Alcaraz, Pablo Carreño Busta. We'll get you set for it when we come back on TC Live. saw him practicing with people when he was 14, 15, 16, with people that they have such a huge uh, level, and he was adapting his game to that game. Carlos Alcaraz, he is the next-gen champion for 2021. 
first year in the TP Tour. I had to learn from the best tennis player in the, in the world, like uh, Zverev, Rafa. One of the most exciting talents to have emerged over the past 12 months or so, Carlos Alcaraz. I had uh, great memories, uh, great matches, great moments. Alcaraz, a really mentally resilient performance from him. Have an awful lot to look forward to watching this guy over the next few years. I learned uh, a lot and I enjoyed every moment. Since the first moment that I saw him, I could see some of the difference with other players. Very dynamic, uh, very aggressive. He likes to go to the net. It's not a very typical Spanish style. I'm proving really fast. Never thought that I'm able to compete with the top players at the 18 years old. Aprovechas a que tiras con altura para luego estar ready pronto. He believes he can win every match that he plays, and so it's very important to be one of the of the best. He wants to do all the time all the things like perfect. Das cuenta ahí te falta un paso. I finish in top 30. The results came with the hard work. I'm really glad to live the, this kind of moments right now. I think uh, Juan Carlos is uh, really important for me as a tennis coach and uh, as, a, as a person. He's very friendly, he likes to have fun with friends and uh, it's uh, very uh, humble. It's one of the things uh, very important to me to work with somebody. Vuelve, 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 vuelve. Un pasito ahí para para luego poder caminar y ir hacia adelante bien. We have a, a close uh, relationship. He can help me uh, a lot in the court and also off the court. I'm uh, a funny guy. You know, we have a lot of friends here. I just want to be happy all day. You know, with them, uh, making laughs, uh, making jokes. I'm like this. I think he has chance to be a great player, one of the special ones, but of course it's, it's maybe too early to put him that kind of pressure to win Grand Slams. But of course, I do believe that he, he can do it. If uh, the people compare you with Rafa, it means that you are doing the correct things. I'm trying not to think about, about it, just following my, my way. I want to the people know me like Carlos Alcalá. Yeah, that's it. Carlos Alcaraz about to play a final in a few minutes. Played a semifinal earlier today against Alex Dimonor. Yeah, and again, look at this. Saving match point, 7-6, 6-5, Dimonor. Guy was on fire with Dimonor hitting big forehands, but Alcaraz able to save it with that crazy shot. And then going into the tiebreak, being able to just, again, run down balls, stay aggressive, and then find this backhand down the line that we've seen him use all tournament long on top of that baseline, pumping his chest up, and then going into this third set. You want to see how Dimonor would feel after squandering away those two set points. And he's going to always fight as Dimonor, but Alcaraz is just so athletic. Look at the kids in the stands, pumped. And then 40 love. Again, Alcaraz using the height, using spin, being aggressive, and just we'll see you in the final. PCB is what Alcaraz is saying to his team. And that's the man he's going to get in a final. Fellow Spaniard who also earlier today had to take on Argentinian Diego Schwartzman.
That cranial booster has been battling with all of the weather, the rains, the delays. He has just put his head down and gone to work time and time again there, getting that backhand pass against Schwartzman, who is one of the best clay court players out there. We talked about that. So difficult because of the speed. Uh, but Cranio Boost, after taking that first set, got the bounce to roll there. But he was just so good. He was so professional throughout that full match. Fewer unforced errors. Solid there, showing the movement, the sliding clay court skills. And he was aggressive when he needed to be, really taking Schwartzman out of his service game with big returns. And then he was willing to step inside the court. He was comfortable hitting volleys up at the net. And I think that has elevated the play court game of Carreño Busta. The drop shot was a nice change up at times. And it kept Schwartzman off balance time and time again. A big win getting into a final in his home country. And that's always huge for any player. And perhaps more importantly for him, a fairly short win. Uh, this was straightforward, straight sets, and so he didn't have to spend a lot of time on the court. Carlos Alcaraz on the court for more than three and a half hours to get past Alex Diminor, but he's 18 years old, Nick, so the question is, will there be any bounce-back issues at all for Carlos? No, as you said, PCB was only on the court an hour and 39 minutes. Alcaraz, three hours and 36 minutes. I mean, again, 18 years old, you see the smile on his face. Every time you see him in the locker room, he always has a smile to his Alcaraz, but these guys just need to warm up. He's, Alcaraz has had now a couple hours to get ready for this match. And, you know, 18 years old, I think it, I think it can, can recover. But it's going to be interesting to see how much juice he has left. Because Carreno Boost is going to make him play a lot from the baseline. Going to make him work. Again, both of these players train at the Ferrero Tennis Academy in Alicante, Spain. So they are familiar with each other. So it would be interesting to see the... X's and O's out there between the two boys. Thanks for joining our now center court coverage of uh, this incredible uh, final Sunday here. Rob Similcare, Nick Monroe, Chanda Rubin. And what does Pablo Carreño Busta have to try to do? We know he can make Carlos Alcaraz play a lot of balls. Doesn't have that kind of firepower. What chances do you give him in this one? Well, you know, I give him as good a chance as anyone. When you get to a final, I mean, any player feels confident. They've been playing well all week. They've had some good wins under their belt, and it can be anyone's tournament. I think the fact that they've both played already, they should be somewhat warm. A lot of times you get into a final and you're not sure if one player is going to start out more nervous, where they're going to be on the day. The, the fact is they've both played a match, so they kind of know where their games are. It's just going to come down to who has a little more belief, who's got the ability to be aggressive in the big moments to make the right moves, even if they're going to get past, even if they lose the point. That's always the key when you get down to these last matches of the week, the last match uh, in this case. So it'll be fun to see who starts out better. Nick, I'll be curious to see what the crowd does here. You know, two Spaniards going against each other. We saw in Belgrade, Serbia, when Djokovic played another Serbian, it was all for Djokovic. There was no support for the other side. Wonder if it'll be that way for Alcaraz and Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, it, for Alcaraz and Barcelona, I mean, it's been absolutely epic. I mean, the crowds have been so behind him. And again, for PCB, he's playing with house money right now. You know, he, he got through three match points against Casper Ruiz, so basically snuck through that match and was able to beat Diego Schwartzman. But he's going to have to come out and be aggressive. We saw Demonar be aggressive on that forehand to try to push Alcaraz. If you don't push him then and you keep him in the middle of the court, you're going to be in trouble. So if he comes out and just tries to make balls with Alcaraz and see how Alcaraz is feeling, then he's going to be in, in a tough situation. But if he comes out aggressive, tries to attack Alcaraz, especially into the forehand, then it could be a good uh, showing for, for Carlos or Pablo Carreno Busta. Carlos Alcaraz, as we said earlier, will make his top 10 debut later in the week, regardless of the outcome 
in this match. He'll be a top 10 player come Monday. And Chanda, I know that's got to mean a lot to him, his team. We saw, you know, the conversation with his, his coach there saying, well, maybe it's too early to call him one of the top, top players. It's not too early. He's now a top 10 player. No, and it's really felt like he's been a top 10 player for even longer. All year, the type of tennis that uh, Carlos Alcaraz has been playing has put him up at the, the top of the game, really, in people's minds. And when you are young, as we see Pablo Carreño Busta walking down for this final, when you are young, you want it all and you want it quickly. And for Carlos <laughs> Alcaraz. He's not trying to wait. He wants to get it. He's so motivated. You see the energy he plays with. And against a real veteran in Cranio Busta, it'll be interesting to see how he manages that situation. Yeah, and as you said, I think it's just going to be adrenaline for Carlos Alcaraz. He's not even thinking about the fact he played three and a half hours. I can guarantee you that adrenaline of just being in a final, that crowd's going to be pumped behind him. Again, playing his good friend in Pablo Cranio Busta. There are no secrets out there between these two guys. So I think, uh, I think Alcaraz could come through away with this one. Just based on the energy of the crowd and the adrenaline that he's going to bring. Not only did he have to go three hours, three sets in the semi, and the semi also had to go over three hours to get there, to have to win over Stefano Tsitsipas. That was a three-set drawn-out affair as well. Of course, they had a day off in between because of the rain. So Alcaraz playing as well as you can play right now, and uh, we'll see if the 18-year-old legs that uh, he has, and we know he can move, are good enough today. No, you've got to just throw it all out there. I mean, this is the last match of the week, the last match of the tournament. This is for all the marbles. Nobody wants to be second best uh, when they played so well to get to this position. So there's a lot at stake, and I think that's the mindset both of these players will have. And Alcaraz, he's going to have the energy. We will see that energy, I think, in this match. And also, he just won in Miami, so he just won a thousand. So he won't be nervous. He won't be tight going into this 500 final. So I think he'll be excited. The adrenaline will be pumping, and I expect to see some highlight reel shots from Carlos Alcaraz. All right. While well, the players are taking the court, we will be back after a break with the men's final in Barcelona. Carlos Alcaraz, Pablo Carreño, Busta. Enjoy the final, everybody.